this is where Canucks conversation lives. With our first selection, we select from Tamra Elias Peterson. For fans, by fans. Quinn Hughes, Jake Vertanen. That speed, that power, those hands. The SCT Podcast, brought to you by Four Seasons Disposal. Here are your hosts, Tanbir Rana and Nam Man. Yo, yo, welcome to episode number two of the SCT Podcast. I'm Nam Man. I've got my boy Tanbir Rana from Surrey. How's it going? We got Raja Shergal in the back and we got Ryan Lahal in the back producing the show. Let's get right into it. We're going to start off uh, talking about first few days of Canucks training camp. We'll touch on Travis Green and, and some of his his, uh, his styles of uh, how to get these guys going. We'll do a little bit of the preview of the preseason, and we're going to give you a tremendous amount of prospect talk. we got a pretty loaded show here. And last but not least, we, we can't, can't finish this off without talking about the two big trades that happened this season. So let's get right into this. Training camp, Tambier. It was... Uh, Give us your thoughts. What do you think about training camp? The line combinations well, were interesting. You know, see, I like seeing that Gaudet, yeah. Leipzig, Vertanen line together. Yeah. I really hope they they put that in the... You know, use that in the preseason a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, Goldobin and Pedersen was sort of intriguing. You know, two skilled players, European players playing together. Yeah. They've been together the whole uh, training camp so far and the end of it. And then, yeah, Travis Green. Uh, I love the way this guy coaches, man. I just love... The way he speaks to the media, he's funny guy. He's funny, but then the way he pushes his players and the way he like talks to his players, like you see that uh, that Canucks dot com video where he's like telling them, yeah. you know, if you guys aren't, aren't you know ready, yeah. you guys are in the wrong place. Well, this that you know, like you guys are the solution. We are not the solution. The coaching and the management is not the solution. You guys that are on the ice are the solution, and you guys decide uh, when we're uh, you know when it's gonna pick up and when it's gonna you know if it's not gonna work. Yeah, I think I heard it was it was Botch who said that he's a really really good communicator. Really good, really good communicator. Yeah, and so I think you, you're definitely seeing a little bit of that. But what do you actually think of training camp, though? <laughs> you know, like like what does it mean to you? This means hockey season's here. Honestly, I'm not looking like the fitness testing and stuff. I'm not yeah. like oh, just because this guy's fitness testing was unbelievable, he's gonna be a, he's gonna make an impact like a crazy like stats wise on the ice and stuff. Uh, like Jay Beagle was the best uh, fitness player on the Canucks. Yeah, that's impressive for a guy who's probably one of the oldest guys on the team. But I'm not looking into it and being like, you know, like he's gonna go in there and you know make a a huge impact with the stats, stats and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'll give I'll give Beagle props or you know props are deserved. You know, he came in and he's clearly in good shape and. And, you know, I think he's also recognized at least that it's a speed game. And if he's going to be able to fulfill this four-year deal, which, by the way, I'm very, very skeptical of his ability to do so, uh, he's going to need to really up his speed game. He's going to need to, you know, strengthen that. And, and I, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, appreciate, I give some appreciation to the fact that at least he came in and, and he's trying to set a tone. And I mean, look. That's one of the biggest reasons why this guy got signed. He got signed for the intangibles. He's got he didn't get signed because he's gonna be on the first power play scoring, you know, forty goals. He got signed for the intangibles, he got signed for the leadership, and at least when it comes to day one, he's showing exactly that. Now, we're gonna move on to the preseason. So tell me a little bit about what you would like to see this preseason. Uh yeah, preseason. I wanna see uh Yolevi get a shot to play with Chris Tanev. And it, I haven't seen it in training camp. Is that before or after Chris Tanev gets injured? <laughs> before, obviously. Okay. Or maybe he gets injured in the first game of the preseason <laughs> yeah. against... Just kidding. <laughs> like the Oilers, Young Stars or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I want to see that. Like, they said... Like, I've already talked about this last week on the podcast. They said Ole Levy and Chris Tanev are a perfect match. So why the fuck wasn't he... Like, I know training camp, you can't draw too much into that. Yeah. It's training camp. But they haven't even tried it at training camp, and they put Yolevi with Stetcher the whole time, which is, which I like. Don't get me wrong. But well, we've seen see, that. Oh, yeah, no. You know? And, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, like, like uh, I would say that for sure. Like, one of the biggest reasons why what we've heard about why they haven't traded Tanev yeah, exactly. is because of Olevi. Yeah. Olevi, we're holding him off. Yeah. We don't want to move him because and we want to. Like, partner. I want to see that. In, in preseason, I want to see how it looks. 
because if you were pumping it up, Jimbo, Jimbo, like you were pumping that up pretty like a lot. Like you were pumping that up so much that you had me believing maybe we shouldn't yeah. trade Chris Adam. You know, it makes a lot of sense, right? And and they haven't even tried it at training camp, and it's almost like they're setting up Ole Levy to go down to Utica and not even giving him a look. But you know, fifth well, overall picks. They've got so many. NHL defensemen signed to one-way deals. And I know, you know, we talk about the fact that, yeah, they're more than willing to send these guys down um, on one-way contracts. They've done it before, and if need be, they could do it again. But, yeah, like this totally has all the makings for Olio Levy is going to need an amazing, like I'm talking like heck of a preseason (laughs) Like really, really, absolutely dominate in order to start the, start the season and, here. And this is guys like Michael Delzato. And yeah, ben and this is this is ahead of guys Derek like this. Puglia. Like, yeah, Derek Pouliot yeah. was a high pick and everything, and but that was he way back some, then. And he showed he showed me something last year though. Yeah. Like, I, and apparently he's coming to camp really well. Like, really. I heard that. Heard, heard his like fitness levels were among yeah, the best. They're talking about Hudden a lot, yeah. but they're not really talking about Pouliot as much. And I think yeah. Pouliot has more potential offensively, honestly. I think he does it in Hutton. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, going back to junior, Pouliot yeah, exactly. was, you know, he played really he well. And even 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 in the AHL, he did yeah. really, really well. Um, he just hasn't been able to translate that to the NHL level. And there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of other defensemen yeah, exactly. that are unfortunately unable to translate that. So I, I'm interested in seeing Pouliot. Yeah, I think exactly. that's actually yeah. um, an interesting player, um, you know, to sort of see, can he take the next step? One of the things that Travis Green mentioned, and then, you know, same with Jim, he mentioned this in the offseason is, it's kind of put up a shut up time for some of these guys. Oh, I'm yeah. talking like Leipzig. I'm talking, you know, Goldobin, Barchi. Barchi. Well, Barchi's got a three year deal now, so yeah, he's probably not in as big of a boat of put up or shut up. Three year deal, right? And it's a pretty solid three, you know, three and three point chain. I think it's like three point one million dollars per solid. season. So it's not too bad. But again, for guys like Goldobin, like th- this is put up or shut up time for guys like Leipzig. Yeah, for sure, put up or shut up our time. Even like and, a guy like Jake Bertanen. You know, he's yeah. still young, but, you know, like, it's time where, you know, grab, like, like Jimbo Carve said. his niche. Grab the bull by the horns. And yeah. Fucking fuck shit up. I want to see Jake Bertanen. I already, I've said this many times. I want to see Jake Bertanen. I want to see him get opportunity on the power play in front of the net. Or you can put him in the better spot. <laughs> or you can put him in the better spot on the second unit. Obviously not, not taking better spot, but, like, on the second unit. But I want to see this guy get opportunity and I know it starts with training camp, and it starts with uh, the preseason. And I remember last year in the preseason, he was one of our best players in the preseason, in my opinion. He scored a lot of goals in the preseason, and that's how, you, that's how he took the job. A lot of people had him penciled in for Utica to prove something in the AHL, right? So let's see what Jake Bertanen does. I think it is put up and shut up for him, too. What do you think about Pedersen? What do you expect? To, like, what's your, what are your expectations for Pedersen this, this preseason? Uh, this preseason or uh, just, just, just preseason wise? Honestly, I don't even like. Yeah, I'm like, excited what do you want to see? see him. Like, what what will what will team. make Tanbeer happy? Uh, similar to what Besser did in the preseason last you, year. You mean what got him to sit to the first two games? <laughs> the, the he's, not, he's not sitting in the first two games. Uh, I think Greener knows now that you went. Like he always week. said that you win with young players, but then when you sit Brock Besser for the first two games, you start questioning it. But I think I think that was sort of like. Because Besser did have a bad last game. Like it wasn't, he did look tired. I agree with Green there. He did look a little tired compared to his games mm-hmm. before. So maybe that's why he sat him. But I think Pedersen's going to start. But I also think that sometimes we make so much of these preseason games, you know? Like, at the end yeah. of the day, I mean, it, it's one of those things where... Um, you know, your competition always isn't, right. you know, the best as well. Like, oftentimes, on the, you know, in the home dates, you know, the away team doesn't, they're not bringing their A team, they're bringing their B team. The scrimmages, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you think we take, we take, uh, you know, we pay attention to preseason games too much? People are paying attention to training camp too much. Not, <laughs> I'm not calling anybody out. I'm just saying, we got we got commentary for scrimmages. <laughs> and, dude, Canucks were putting out Goldobin's hat trick on YouTube today. Well, they're, like, they're, they're, their hat trick and trading cap was on YouTube They are today. <laughs> trying to absolutely pump up the prospects. I yeah. mean, look, you're, prospects. You're, you're, hearing, you're hearing words like Gretzky when referred to <laughs> Pedersen. Yeah, it's you know thing, things are kind of a little you know crazy on on on, on in the Canuckville, but yeah, let, let's get right into it. Let, let's talk a little bit about the prospects. Um, just want to mention right off the bat, we 
this is where you listen to the SCT podcast uh, and we're uh, sponsored by Four Season Disposal. I'm Nam. He's Tanbeer. This is where the Connects conversation lies. Let's talk a little bit of the prospects. So Tanbeer, I'm totally interested in hearing what is Tanbeer Rana from Surrey's top 10 prospect list entering training camp. 2018. So number one, I have uh, Adam Gaudet. I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I have Elias. Pe- Everybody has Elias Pettersson number one, right? Unless you're uh, what's his name, Corey Pronman. Pronman's got Hughes. <laughs> well, hey, that's I mean, hey, Quinn, Quinn, Quinn Hughes is a fantastic prospect, and, and, and honestly, uh, yeah, like uh, well, I mean, I, I would still say I don't, I don't agree with having Quinn Hughes as number one, but. We've got two, in my opinion, elite prospects. Yeah, but if we had Koki Niemi, he'd be ahead of Pedersen, right? According to Pronman, yes. <laughs> yeah. According to Pronman, if we had uh, Kotki Niemi, yeah. uh, he would be not only ahead of. Uh, yeah, no, he would. He'd, he'd be just just slightly behind Quinn Hughes. Oh, and, and Robert Thomas. Oh yeah, if we if we had Robert Thomas, he he would definitely be ahead of everybody, including Quinn Hughes. Is that, isn't that the next Patrice Bergeron? I thought that was uh, Brandon Sutter. Oh no, I thought it was oh. Bo Horvat. Was it Bo Horvat? That's, yeah. that's what everybody said. <laughs> All right. How many, so how many players get compared to Patrice Bergeron? Like almost it, every it, player in the it's draft. It's like how every Didn't tall get compared to Patrice Bergeron. Every like, tall defenseman every, gets compared to Chara. Every two way centerman. Yeah, every two way centerman. Every two way centerman get compared to Patrice Bergeron. Every you know six foot six defenseman gets compared to Chara. Yeah, you know, like I mean, there's just Trotkin. yeah, absolutely. But Trotkin is legit though. I'm not saying he's gonna be Chara, but he's actually he's, good at the defense. I think he could be. I think legit be, in the KHL. He'd be a solid five on the Canucks. No, right now. Okay. No, I, I think I think he'd probably be a little a little bit better. But all right, give a, give us the rest of your okay, list. So we got Pedersen one. Okay, so we got Pedersen one. You got yeah. Hughes two, and then three. I would say Thatcher Demko, and then four. I would have Adam Gaudet. Five Olio Levy, and Adam got Olio Levy's sort of a toss up. Yeah, I mean, um, I I often get like I've I've read many many places and and myself too. You can I mean, put John, Johnson Dolan at five, honestly. Four to six, it is it's a toss up. Do you know Johnson Dolan could be five on my list actually? Uh, Jonathan Dolan, you could easily. I'm gonna say Olio Levy say just because four. I gotta put him at five. He was taken five, so I'm gonna put him at five. <laughs> and then we also have I think I will go Johnson Dolan six. Yeah, and then this is where it gets uh, tough. This was, is where the next the, sort of yeah. tier comes so in. So right? seven, eight, and nine, and ten. Yeah. Okay, so with uh, seven, I would go Colin. Yeah, he's sort of not not gonna lie. He's a little disappointing at the young stars. I know people said he was looked yeah. good, but he he didn't look as feisty as people said he did. Uh, he was. So I'm gonna go with him at seven. I don't think he even went up or down. Honestly. He he's an interesting prospect because he's he's one of those guys that. You know, statistically, he's done well. He had a good year last year. Uh, he went to the HL, kind of got humbled a little bit. You know, he he didn't put up that st- statistical profile and those limited games that he had in the AHL. And, and I had Linda now, ahead of Dolan, actually, at one point. <laughs> you had, sorry? I had Linda ahead of Dolan at one point. Wow. And, but that was because I saw yeah. Lind more. Like, I didn't yeah. see much of Dolan. Yeah. And what I saw him in Kelowna, like, I thought he looked really good, right? Yeah. But again, he's playing it's it's junior. Age it's junior. It, this is why, um, from my perspective, when you're ranking prospects and you compare what juniors are doing against juniors, yeah. you know, it's I always give a lot more credit to those that go and play against men and they can yeah. put up those kind of points exactly. up against men. That's a lot harder. But when you're when it's junior against junior, you know, it's almost sort of like you expect a guy to put up like a hundred points. Yeah. You know, like that's just sort of you know the level that's at. So what do you got at number eight? I got Petrus Palmu at number eight. Petrus, so tell us what, why do you like him at number eight? Uh, I'll get that to Tanvir's take later. Oh, okay. Right? Ooh, a little, little sneak peek. Yeah. Little sneak peek for Tanvir's take yeah, there. But yeah, uh, Petrus right. Palmu got an eight, and then I would go. Uh, so I'm missing Jonah Gajevic and Michael DiPietro, and I'm also missing Jet Wu, right? Yeah. So I haven't seen much of Jet Wu yet, so I'm gonna have him at ten. I'll have okay. a, I'll have a, a DiPietro. Right after, um, what's his name, uh, Petros, Petros Palmo. So pe- you got Petro, Petros Palmo at eight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wait. Losing County. Losing County, we got okay. too many good prospects. Okay. What are you going to do? Okay, so now you, you, do, got, you got Palmo at eight. I'll go nine, I'll go Gadjevich. Nine Gadjevich. I'll go ten, I'll go Di Pietro. Di Pietro, okay. So 
tell me what, what do you like about um, Di Pietro and why do you have him ahead of say a Jet Wu? Well, Di Pietro, he actually turned head turned. Uh, he made me rethink my opinion on him actually. I know it's just youngsters, but I just saw him play at the youngster. He looked incredible. He looked really good against his peers. So that right there uh, made me uh, have him in my top ten. And even Gadjevich looked good too. And, and I haven't seen again. Jet Wu wasn't there, so I didn't really get to see him. So I'm going off what I've seen. You know, I'm not Ryan Beach here. I'm not the one watching him every fucking game. Oh, sneak you, peek. Know, just, you know, so yeah, that's ten. That's my top ten. Speaking of Ryan Beach, we spoke to Ryan earlier this evening, and this is what he had to say. Hey, Ryan. So uh, we're gonna start off by asking you about uh, this wonderful list that uh, you guys had uh, done up on uh, the Athletic. Uh, Vancouver um, about your, your, the the top uh, twenty prospects that uh, you and JD Burke went through and and created the the list with. Um, now we wanted to essentially just uh, go through this list with you, uh, get your feel on what you feel is a realistic sort of expectation for this year. Um, we'll go through um, probably about the top ten prospects. Um, and just kind of quickly get your thoughts on what would you consider to be a good year for these prospects. Now, I guess we can start off with number one, which is uh, Pedersen. What would you say is a good year for Pedersen? Uh, I think he kind of comes in and is able to secure a center line spot, um, you know, whether that's top six or top five, whatever it is, but do that and then also, you know, put up some points in, uh, you know, five on five and power play. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities on the power play to put up points. We saw the one time around and things like that. So I think that that's where we're going to see him shine. So, you know, I think people are really excited to see what he's going to do. And I think that there is a possibility that, you know, he could, uh, you know, be in the conversation as a Calder favorite. But, you know, you kind of have to go into this with a little bit lowered expectations. You don't know what's going to happen over the course of a long season. But I think no matter what, uh, you know, if he's able to hold his head above water and put up, you know, reasonable points, let's say 50, 45 points. That's pretty awesome. Um, we'll move on to number two, Quinn Hughes. So tell us what you what, what are your expectations for Quinn this year? Uh, he went back to college. I know there are a lot of us Canucks fans that were hoping that uh, perhaps we'd be able to see him as early as this year, um, but we'll have to be a little patient and uh, we get to you know watch him perhaps uh, as early as the World Junior Championships uh, coming up here in December. What would you consider to be a good year for Quinn Hughes? I think to be in the conversation as a Hobie Baker finalist would be a good year for him. Um, I think, you know, he showed near the end of last year that he was a dominant player at that level. Um, he's got to do it again all, all year long and have to go juniors. So, you know, generally the Hobie Baker is won by either seniors or juniors. So even being in the conversation as a Hobie Baker finalist would be, you know, considered a win. And it's just about being the best player possible he can be night in and night out. So, this year so I don't think it's too fucking you know too far reaching to say that he should be in conversation with Obi Baker if he can do what he did uh, so far um, he was really really good in Campbell's at the um, World Juniors Showcase and uh, you know I expect him to kind of carry that over as well when we uh, kick up here in Vancouver Hey Ryan uh, I got a quick question about Thatcher Demko you got him ranked 3 on your list um, I'm a big uh, proponent of um, having him in the NHL this year and having him play uh I would say 25 to 30 games at the backup. And if he takes the starting job from Jacob Markstrom, I say you run with him. Like just what the Winnipeg Jets did with uh, Connor Hellebuck and what uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning did with uh, Andre Vasilevsky. I think it's a be- I think it's best a case scenario for him to play some NHL games because uh, I, don't, I don't think he has to prove anything left in the NHL. What do you think? Yeah, I don't disagree with your point. I think he's probably ready to take the steps to the NHL. But I think that, you know, the management group is more inclined to take a very, very, very patient approach with him. So I think that, you know, we may see a scenario where near the end of the year they might move Anders Nielsen. And if they're unable to get a goaltender back in that trade, then I think that, that that's when we might see Demko come up for a long period of time um, and, play, and get, you know, regular reps, um, whether that's overhead of Markstrom or something like that. Um, uh, as we know, goalies are really hard to predict um, when it comes to injuries and things like that. You know, it can take one bad stretch and they could be gone for two months, and then all of a sudden, you know, it could be Demko's next steal. But I think that I think that their plan is to you know be as patient as possible, let Markstrom do his thing um, this year, and then have Demko come up next year and be the backup. But who knows? Um, maybe they decide to be, move on from Nielsen, or one of those injuries happens and Demko's up here for a pretty long period of time. 
the most important thing for him though is to play games um, at whatever level. The worst thing that could happen at this point would be for him to sit there for long periods of time. So whether that's here in Vancouver or in Utica, I think that you know it's just about getting games in. Uh, you don't think that uh, you know uh, like once he gets into the NHL, he'll struggle. So don't you think it's better for him to start struggling now than it is later on? Because if you want to like you know get to that window where you know you want to be a contender. Don't you want your goalie of the future to play in a lot of NHL games? So then, once uh, once a team is ready to you know become that contender, that he is also ready because you don't want to be waiting for him to be uh, you know starting and then he's also struggling and the team is that like, you got the Quinn Hughes, you got the LS Pedersons, you got the Brock Bessers, and then all of a sudden Satcher Demko is not ready to take that step like a Connor Hellebuck and Andre Vasilevsky did, and it could also you know sort of you know you know postpone it. Yeah, no, I, I do think you're right to some point there. Um, I, I think that, that it is important to get him in the same timeline as those players that you mentioned. So, uh, that's why I think, you know, personally, I'm more inclined to give him more time and where they might be more aggressive in, in moving Nielsen to, to um, you know, in late February or early March, whenever the trade deadline is. Um, I think that that's what may happen. Um, I just know that, you know, based on the comments that have kind of been around in training camp, uh, that they do want to be very patient with him, despite the fact that I, I think that, you know, Demko could hold his own at the NHL level. There might be some struggle, just as you know, someone like Corey Schneider struggled when he first made the step up. But I, I think that he'd be able to figure it out pretty good. He's a pretty driven guy, and he's a really smart guy who's a student of the position. So I think that if he does have any hiccups, he's going to work uh, to overcome them pretty quickly. So one of the um, the, the fourth-ranked uh, prospect you had on your list is a little bit of a lightning rod with many of us Canucks fans. Oli Yolevi, what would you say are your expectations for Oli this season? Uh, I think he's probably going to get a cup of coffee with the Canucks uh, throughout the season. I think he's penciled in as being their number one call-up uh, when injuries happen. Uh, but it's the same thing as with Demko, is that I think just... Well, I think it's even more so with him given his age because he's, you know, he hasn't even, he's just about to turn 20. Um, or sorry, he is 20. My apologies. Um, yeah. that, you know, it's about playing games. It's not about sitting in the press box. So, like, the worst thing that could, could happen to him is him being the seventh or eighth defenseman and sitting in the press box. Um, so I, I think what's going to happen is he's going to probably head down to you and kind of start the year, uh, play a lot of minutes down there, and then kind of get called up as there's a spot available in the NHL um, and, and play you know in, in that spot. So I, I think that's best for his development. And I've kind of said it a few times, whether that's on the radio or things like that. I, I think that you know, given that he was drafted fifth overall, there is an expectation of him being, you know, ready for the NHL now. And I think he's reasonably close to being there. I don't know what his impact will be, but I think he can hold his own as a bottom pairing defenseman in the NHL this year. Uh, but he still is only 20 years old. So, you know, he's followed, the, you know, kind of the natural progression of development. Um, this would be his first year as pro in North America regardless. So I, I think if he does, you know, split the season between Utica and Vancouver and is able to hold his head above water in the NHL, I think that should be considered a, you know, successful here from him um, all hopefully he can kind of you know force them to you know make a move and, and force his way onto the lineup later in the season but i think at this point uh, i think that he'll start the year in year to go and i say this with a little bit of tongue-in-cheek but what do you think about our uh second half of our dynamic future dynamic swedish duo jonathan dalian uh what are your expectations i uh, seem to you know, have a, a pretty good Young Stars tournament. Um, wh- what would you like to see out of him this year? Uh, I think he's someone who's going to probably force his way onto uh, the roster sooner rather than later. I don't think he's going to make the team out of camp, but I think he's been playing well enough that he's going to be that first call-up option again when injuries happen because we all know it happens, right? Like the old saying is that uh, you have too many bodies in October and not enough in January. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I think that he's going to be the one to work his way up to being that first call-up just because he has a really versatile game. He can play, kind of play anywhere you need to and still provide offense. And as we saw you know, with the young stars and then so far is that he just seems to be able to make things happen out of nothing. Um, you know, he's been really good, you know, skating, using his speed and size and he's just kind of underrated in everything he does. Um, you know, that's, it, it, I think he kind of gets overshadowed by the rest of the group, but I think he provides a lot of things that, you know, the organization looks for and what the NHL kind of goes in that versatile player. So I, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Um, you know, I followed him pretty closely last year and he started the season a bit slow and then kind of built his way up from there and he's even better than he was um, at points last year um, so you know it's really encouraging to see that development and I think that the ultimate goal of Canucks fans and management is to put Pedersen and Dolan together and let them do their thing because they seem to have some you know some really good chemistry from playing all those years and Tim Ray together. Um, 
I want to ask you about Adam Gaudet. He's one of my favorite uh, prospects uh, for the Canucks. I love the way he plays, and I really want to see him play as a third-line center for the Vancouver Canucks this year. I know a lot of people have him in Utica. I want him on the third line, and uh, Travis Green seems like he likes him, putting him with uh, Brendan Leipzig and uh, Jake Bertan at the at training camp. Um, what do you expect? Do you think he'll make the team? Do you think that they'll, they're willing to put Sutter on the wing or even trade a player? Because I, I really think this guy's ready. And uh, f- uh, five games last year, I thought he looked pretty good too. So what do you think? Yeah, I think it's I think it's possible. I think that they're very open to having Sutter on the wing. I think that, um, you know, I think that the organization is very, um, you know, aware, um, you know, of asset management and trying not to lose players. And, and if, they're, if a player forces their way on, is they're not run the risk of losing players. Um, so if that means that someone like Sutter starts on the wing, then I think that the coaching staff um, is in line with that to make it happen. And if I have God that can prove that um, he can hold his own again, uh, then I think he can force his way onto the roster. And I think you made a good point there that um, usually you don't want to take too much away from the lines of who they, you know, who play with. But, you know, Goddad between Rattan and the Leipzig kind of stands out to me as being a possibility as a bottom six line in the future because, you know, without a doubt, Rattan is there and Leipzig's in that, that mix as well. So they kind of want to see that. Um, and also another one that, because um, obviously Goldobin is in our rankings because he's a little bit too old, but Pedersen and Goldobin have been kind of glued together throughout the throughout training camp. So that's also something that kind of piques my interest to see how far that goes and that's, that's something that they're hoping for is kind of second line pairing going forward. Uh, we only have about a minute remaining here with Ryan, uh, but I don't think we could uh, let you go without asking you about the big blockbuster that was Eric Carlson to San Jose. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think uh, San Jose's kind of pushed all their chips in um, to go for it. Uh, I think they did well with the price that they paid in, in terms of trading futures and not really giving up impact players off of their roster. Um, so I, I think that it's going to be a lot of fun to see what San Jose can do, um, especially on the power play with Burns and Carlson or them up or whatever you want to do. It's going to be really interesting to see how they're going to you know, kind of play that dynamic between the two. Um, I, I think that Carlson with Velasic seems like a perfectly natural fit and should be allow him to kind of do his thing and get maximum value. Um, and I'm really I'm intrigued because I, I don't see the Pacific Division as really having another team that kind of can compete with San Jose for a guaranteed playoff spot. All the other teams, Calgary, Edmonton, Vegas, you know, Los Angeles, Anaheim, uh, you could see them in, you could see them out, but I think San Jose stands alone at being, you know, a lock to get a playoff spot, and it should be fun to watch. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan, and for those folks who would like to follow Ryan, uh, you can follow him at CanucksArmy.com. Uh, you can also follow him at The Athletic Vancouver. Amazing articles. Highly, 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 highly recommend following this guy. And you can also listen to him on Sportsnet 650. Also, Ryan, I just want to give you a big congratulations on the OHL Steelheads gig. Um, this is, trust me, the first of many, many, many more coming your way. Um, big thank you for making time for us today. Really, truly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Interesting thoughts from from Ryan Beach there. Let's dive more into this Carlson thing. Tammy, we got to get, what are your thoughts on Carlson? Carlson and Burns on the San Jose blue line. Just imagine that power play. Damn. That's that's it. Just damn. Those are his thoughts. Never had a defenseman as good as Brent Burns, yet alone Carlson. Never even Carlson. They never had a Carlson or a Brent Burns. Yeah. They have two guys... Two of those guys on the same yeah. fucking team, man. And then you got Ed Vlasic. Vlasic, too. And, and he is so defense. good. Solid defense. He is so good. He's underrated. So underrated. So because underrated. you know what it is? He doesn't put up those like 50, 60, 70 points that, you know, have people going all crazy about defensemen. But he is so, so, so good. A lot of people compare your levy to Vlasic. I think from a high-end perspective, that's what you hope for. Yeah. I would say, you know, as we're talking about prospects earlier on, to me, Olevi looks like a Dan Hughes type. Yeah. You know, that's what I get. And, and there's nothing wrong with a Dan Hughes. I love Dan Hughes. Especially though. now that we've got a Quinn Hughes, yeah. you need a Dan Hughes. Exactly. You know, you get that little bit of balance. So, you know, hey, if he can turn into a Vlasic, holy smokes, yeah. I think we should That's be doing cartwheels. That's a solid top three in San Jose. That's an amazing and, top three. Ottawa and, got... And what, what was the return? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Though. I know, we laugh. I know, we laugh, I feel bad. Man. We laugh. I really feel I, bad. I, I, feel, I feel bad if, if we have you know, Senator fans They're listening in. They're the most irrelevant in. Canadian hockey fans. 
Are they not? They are. Like, sorry, oh. sorry about that, <laughs> Senator fans. Well, do you really do you really think do you really think they'd rather be listening to Melnick right now? I, yeah. I think they'd rather be listening to this podcast. Yeah. We apologize. Bear with us, Senator fans. There will be a, a bright day for you. They and, got a and, good and, pool and, and, hey, they've got they've got a decent list. That, but you know, God, God, that owner. I mean, we we hey, we think Aquilini. It can be rough and, and can meddle and all that. I mean, Melnick, like, did you see that interview Melnick yeah, had? Funny. Oh my God, that was disturbing. I never saw it, but I, like, I saw like highlights of it. That was, that, oh, I watched the entire interview and it was disturbing. Yeah, it was. Like, he talks about, oh, we're doing this rebuild. First of all, like, what I find absolutely hilarious is here you have a franchise in Vancouver for three years could not utter the word rebuild like it was like a swear word like you you know you're not allowed to use that word then you have this franchise in ottawa who's just going on rebuild 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 and the funniest thing is the funniest (laughs) thing is they don't even have their own first pick next year like it's just like like imagine starting a rebuild knowing you have arguably speaking the shittiest team in the nhl and you don't even have your own pick like Jad is just I was talking about awful this the other day with my cousins and we were just drinking and just talking hockey. Yeah. And we're just like thinking like if Ottawa's like they they are meant to be one of the worst teams in the league next year, right? The, yeah, this they're year. Gonna be, I mean, they're, they they're might be, be the worst team. They actually have, I think they're worse than the Canucks. Uh, no, I I would think so too, especially Losing without Carlson. Carlson. Yeah. And I mean, we don't even know what the gong show that that can, that's going to continue on. Exactly. I mean, there there's there's Stone there that that's a free agent yeah. and and they have Duchesne, Duchesne that's also yeah. a free agent. So it's entirely possible yeah. they may have to trade both players if they can't that, get them signed. That pick that I might know. be the first overall pick. We'll go to the that Colorado has, fucking Avalanche. And guess who's in the Western Conference? Right now. The Colorado if, Avalanche. And they, they could get Jack Hughes. They could have Nathan McKinnon. They already wow. have that Rantanen kid, right? Yeah, they, and he's they good. Got, and they have yeah. a good D. And, and they got McCarr, don't forget, yeah, too, McCarr, right? McCarr's yeah, a beat. I love McCarr. I, yeah. I love the way he plays. Yeah. Um, just so, That team's going to be... If they get Jack Hughes, they're going to yeah. get a good pick. Regardless. Well, they're going to get a good pick just because right now, I think statistically speaking, they, they've got the highest chance of finishing last. So even if they finish last and still lose the lottery, pick. that's a top four pick. They're going to be so good. That's a top four pick. So I mean, they're going to be deadly. Dude. I, I, I think they're going to. I think if you're Joe Sakic right now, I mean, yeah. the funniest thing is a year ago, one year ago, he had Burnaby Joe. Burnaby Joe. One of my favorite players ever. To lace up the skates. One year ago, Joe Sakic had so much heat on him for oh, yeah. not trading Duchesne, for holding on to Duchesne. Duchesne showed up in training camp, and it was just awkward situation. Fans that think they know everybody. It remember, mm-hmm. this is a Colorado team that just finished dead last, like one of the, one of the worst, worst seasons, seasons ever. ever. <laughs> and so you got a team that is absolutely, completely in the shit. Yeah. Right? And yet... He held off, and he made this amazing, amazing, amazing trade, and, trade, and it just completely changed the franchise. The funniest thing about that Duchesne trade isn't even this future, more than likely top five pick they're going to get. The funniest thing is they also got another first-round draft pick in 2017, and they got Samuel Gerrard, who is a amazing, amazing top defenseman. four defenseman. Yeah. Like, when it's all said and done... This could go down as one of the worst trades in NHL history. Yeah. By the way, thank you, Ottawa, for Jonathan Darlene. Yeah. Just want to say, yeah. we're, you guys want to listen to us? We talk about Darlene all the time. All Dal- the goddamn prospects. We're talking about that and Jonathan Darlene. I mean, Whew. like absolutely. Speaking of, we we should be. Jonathan Darlene's a better prospect than Josh Norris. <laughs> Yeah, 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 he is absolutely, like, absolutely. You can make the argument the Canucks' top five prospect list is better than. Anything Ottawa got back for one of the best defensemen in the league in Arizona. So, I mean, that Ottawa trade, one of the problems there is that it just, it's it's so difficult to make that move when you have a guy who A, wants out, B, he had a no trade. He had a no trade clause. I know Duchesne wanted out. That's true. And good good on Joe. He had a no trade clause too. So he could, he basically. Called his shot. I don't know if you heard this or not. San Jose or Dallas, right? Or Vegas. I think Vegas was in there. I think Dallas was in there. But I don't know if you heard this. Uh, Apparently, Edmonton was not in there. 
Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Edmonton, Edmonton was not on his list. Edmonton would have gave up Yamamoto. What is it? Yamamoto. Yama, 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 yeah, Yamamoto. Yeah, yeah that's the one. The, 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 the WHL kid. I think Puliarvi would have been involved too. I wouldn't be surprised, but he was, he was he was he was not on their list. Yeah. yeah on his yeah. list. Who wants to live I guess, in Edmonton, right? Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, actually, I don't give a fuck about Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do not. I don't even want to apologize to Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jar, though. Jar's cool. Yeah. We, we take Tampa's going to take back that apology. <laughs> um, now we can. So let me tell you something about a little bit of a trend that I'm starting to see in the NHL. I'm wondering: is this a trend? And and this is going to get us right into our Nam stats. Nam stats. So the NAM stat of this week is, and check this out, this totally blew me away when I heard this, and it just totally like, whoa, like, are we starting to see something different here, something something new that's going on? There are currently nine teams in the NHL that do not have a captain. Entry training camp 2018, there's nine teams that don't have a captain. We just recently had another team that swapped captains, um, Florida just today named um, Barkov, their captain, but you have nine teams in the NHL that enter training camp without a captain. Are we starting to see something new here? Is this a, is this going to be a trend? Are we getting away from the oh my god, we have to have a captain type of you know setup? What do you think? Uh, that's crazy. Eh? Nine, nine teams. teams. I mean, there's there's 31 teams in the NHL. Like almost one third of the teams are entering training camp without a captain as, as we speak. That's crazy. Um, I like that. Uh, everybody thought Ekla was going to be captain in Florida. Everybody thought Ekla, I, I yeah. Thought, yeah. I, I thought Ekla was going to be captain. Yeah. And I actually think Barkov is, Barkov is, is considered to be the Kolpertar of the well, East. He's the best player on that team. Yeah. Right? Not, even, not even a question. Yeah. Um, and how does he think you feel about the fact that the Canucks haven't named a captain? Yeah. Well, they're probably waiting for the best player on our team. I think... It looks like it's my Brock Besser, but you know what? Maybe you, you, know, you know who I feel about, right? You know, you know who should be the captain, right? Um, let's go, let's go. Well, yeah, exactly. There <laughs> it is. Huncho. There it is. Yeah. Huncho, um, let's go. But yeah, just I'm surprised Toronto didn't name a captain. Toronto's an interesting situation. It's almost sort of like they're in this. They don't want to like rub. Matthews they don't the want to rub way. Matthews the wrong way. Yeah. But I think they kind of, you know, one of the things they must have told Tavares is, yo. Bro, sign with us. We'll give you the C. Just you know, let's let's keep it cool. Let's keep yeah. it chill. But eventually, we'll get there. You know. Yeah. But at the same time, again, like I think you know, they're so also Montreal kind of entering country. a new. Sorry. Montreal. Montreal does. Patch ready's gone. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, a couple of these, you know, out of these nine teams, we do have a team like Patch ready. Uh, sorry, a, a player like Patch ready that just left a team like Montreal, yeah. uh, and then we also have Carlson that got traded. So but this still, I mean, you know. And you know what that's the other funny thing is when I was looking at this, it's not just the Canadian teams. CBG? Did you know the does New York CBG have a captain? Yeah, CBG does. But did you know the New York Rangers don't have a captain? Uh McDonough. Yeah, well yeah, they traded McDonough, right? They so traded McDonough and, and they don't have a they haven't uh yeah. they have they haven't got a captain. Maybe the since. teams that don't have a captain. I'm sort of surprised. I'm not surprised by uh New York just because of McDonough trade. Yeah. Um Let's see here. So we got Detroit that... Yeah, Detroit's a young team. Right, so but Zetterberg yeah. just, just retired. Yeah. Then we mentioned New York Rangers. We've got Vancouver here. Buffalo doesn't have a captain. I think I guess they're going to name Dolan. You think it'll be Dolan? I mean, if we're talking about the best player, Buffalo and Dolan, Buffalo does not have a captain right now. It'll be Jack Eichel. I think it'll be Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel? Oh, Jack Eichel, yeah. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be Jack I Eichel. It'll be Eichel. I think it'll be Eichel as well. And then we got Montreal that doesn't have a captain. Ottawa doesn't have a captain. Vegas does not have a captain. Yeah, well, first-year first team. First-year team, but still. Yet, I'm not sure. They haven't, they haven't announced anything about who they would be naming. Do you know who, do you know who would you think it would be? I think like, their face of their franchise is Flurry, but I don't think they're going to do a Luongo thing and name him. Um, now, I, I don't know. Maybe Patch Ready? I mean, it could no, be Patch Ready, no? Then I mean I think you're probably looking at someone like a Jonathan well, Marsh or something. Was the guy that was taking England, yeah, but I mean he he's, he's like, like a, a guy who they only got like a one year. Captain material, in my opinion. So you guys watched that uh, Quest for the Cup stuff? He's a pretty funny guy. I mean I I don't know no, who. Honestly, he's, Jonathan Marshall. 
He's not Captain Materialite. He's a funny guy. He's got personality. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where Vegas would go. I mean, I, I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe Paul Stastny. He's, no, he's they're not going to new guy. I think, I think the guy I would name Captain. He's maybe too young though, and I think he's Captain Material, Shea Theodore. Uh, I think yeah. he's their best defenseman. Yeah, he's a good defenseman. Um, again. Tough to say. Kind of on, I kind of felt like last year, one of the reasons why Vegas didn't want to do this captain thing is is because they were all this kind of, you know, island of misfits. Yeah, exactly. and, and, and and it worked out really well for them. Yeah. So maybe that's part of it is maybe that, hey, they don't want to do this. Hey. Trying to be the Vegas. Trying to be the next Vegas. So the other team that also doesn't have, uh, other than Toronto, the New York Islanders, who yeah, lost their captain lost. too. Uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious Barzell? he's going to be the next guy. Yeah. Barzell. Barzell. I love Matthew Barzell. They got a couple other guys. I love but, Matthew But, uh, yeah, Barzell. I mean, they got a couple of the, the I've been watching that kid veteran so types. Long. I remember watching him at minor hockey, and he would just dominate these kids. And I remember watching, uh, it was on TSN, and it was uh, Hall versus, uh, was it Stamkos or something? Something like that. Or, I don't yeah. Know. And it was uh, Barzell versus McDavid. And it was um, it was so fun to watch. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, he's one heck of a player. I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult for for Cap- him this year without Cap- Tavares. Hundred percent cap next captain for the New York Islanders, That's and will be one of the best. He'll be going up against McDavid in the Art Ross Trophy one day. One one day one yeah. day. Well, that day. when 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 do you think that day will come? Not this year, but the next year. You think next year? You so, think next year he's gonna compete so, with? So this year, McDavid yeah. wins it again. Yeah. That supposedly he's faster, which is like almost impossible. I don't even know how you oh, wow. get even faster. That's like if he gets of, any faster, the uh, if he gets any faster, <laughs> I, I kind of feel like the TV networks might need to create like some sort of slow motion thing <laughs> on on, te- on television in order. Don't worry, Troy Stetcher plays him perfectly one on one. Remember the youngsters? <laughs> Perfect. Oh, wait, I, I I thought we had what's his face that was Cole, Castles, Cole Castles. Yeah. He, he was, supposed, down, to, he was so. supposed to be the, the, the shutdown guy that we have. Bohorvat's pretty good. I think Bohorvet, he can control McDavid. Yeah. yeah. I think he loves that challenge of just going up against McDavid. Until yeah, he I mean, it. hey, I, look, I mean, I think I think anybody loves the challenge of going up against McDavid, but they don't. They often yeah. don't like the outcome. Well, when, when last year, smoked. home opener, Bo won that challenge. Honcho, Honcho, <laughs> let's go! Small victory, small Seven victories. game series will be tough. Right? <laughs> well, you know, we don't need to worry about that because yeah. hopefully by the time we face these guys in a seven-game series, if they make the playoffs, yeah. we'll, we'll have Jack Hughes on our side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dreaming big, but I know all our fans are probably dreaming about getting Jack Hughes this year. Oh, wait. Crap. Oh, yeah. Shit. Sorry, 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 Sens fans. Yeah. Sorry, that that's kind of... We don't even have to apologize anymore, man. Like... <laughs> They're just apologizing for being Sens fans yeah, exactly. at this point right now. Like you, can't, you don't choose your team. Do you? As a kid, you sort of do. But I think you kind of just, like, I where you up, grow up. I grew up, up to connect. Yeah. Like, but I, I know there are a lot of people. Other people. There are a lot of people, like, especially locally here, that, that follow the big six. I don't know how people just go team from team. That's pretty hard to do. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know do how people do that. Like, honestly, if anybody that could do that, just message me and let me know how. Because I'm thinking about it, but I can't. Is this hard? There's something special, even even though the Canucks have broken our hearts so many times. There's something really special about watching them grow, watching them succeed, watching yeah. them win. When you're really passionate about something like that, it's it's just another level. Like for example, I don't really have a football team that I necessarily cheer for. But I mean, I like watching football. I love yeah. watching it. And then you know, if I, if I throw you know like a twenty dollar bet on some on somebody, <laughs> they'll be my favorite team in that for those next for the, three hours. I was cheering for the Patriots against the Jacksonville, yeah, and that did not work out. Well, oh, yesterday, see, yeah. you know, like from from my perspective, during the Super Bowl, I was cheering for Philadelphia because I put money on Philadelphia, yeah. and that worked out really well for me. Yeah. So you know, for I guess I could kind of see what it feels like, but you know what? I'll tell you one thing. I don't really care which football team wins. I care which you, hockey. You know team how much wins. I love the Canucks. Uh, I will put money against them, and like if Brock Besser scores, I will celebrate as hard as I can. Because I don't even care if I lose my money. Because Brock Besser just fucking scored a goal. That's why it's so hard to be it's, on team. Yeah, exactly. But betting it, against it them is. is tough. So sometimes, sometimes betting on against them, you know, this sounds so bad. 
but sometimes betting against them is kind of almost like a win-win. It's like a good you'll either when, win when, money. when they're when they're yeah. already in the in the you know you'll either the, win money or you know tanking. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get right off to Tan Beer's take. And now time for Tan Beer's take. Was, today was frustrating, man. It was what super was frustrating. Why was it frustrating? You know, Twitter, it can get frustrating sometimes. You know, you, you put mm-hmm. a tweet out there, just, you know, and the reactions are just, whew, people take this shit too serious sometimes. You know, you put, you, put something, you put something out there and you don't even compare the skill set. You know, you just compare the stature or the, or the, the work ethic or the attitude and, and just the way his build is as a body and stuff and how he's short. Petrus Palmu. So I tweeted today. What does the tweet say? Palmu, uh, I'll, I'll read the tweet yeah, out. Palmu, the next Marty St. Louis? Question mark? Question mark? Emphasize the question mark. <laughs> exactly. Long ways to go, but a lot of similarities. Small, thick, has a proven ad- wrong attitude, and if I'm not mistaken, has idolized Marty St. Louis uh, growing up, which was correct. Yeah. We will see what happens, but he's turning heads for a very late pick. Love it. Yeah, you know, people, so people reply back, you're jumping the gun. You, you got to chill, bro. Like, shut the fuck up. I never said he's going to be Martin St. Louis. Like, it's not that hard to read. Like, I thought I couldn't read. Like, I, honestly, I might have the most spelling mistakes in Twitter history. Like, if people look at my tweets, like, I have, like, spelling mistakes everywhere. It's like, I don't even bother rereading my tweets, so... If people want to reply back, say, oh, you spelt that wrong. I'm just like, you know what? Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I, I don't reread. I never reread. Like, even in English class, I never did. I don't give a fuck. My teacher's like, my teacher don't like, like, make it, like, you know, checking the spelling mistakes. Like, Tabby, you spelled that wrong. It's like, you know what I meant to say. I, I get more mad at so, people that can't read spelling mistakes. Yeah. Because, like, how stupid you have to be not like, 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 you don't know that I'm trying to say the. You know? So, a <laughs> real quick question on the spelling thing, though. So, at what age did you learn how to spell your name, though? Oh. Like, was that, like, you know, 17, right, 18? No, right when I was born, man. Right when you right were born? Right when I was born. And it was, it was I even had a Pan name. Beer Rana from Surrey. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, tell us what you meant with this palm with him. Let's so, go into it. Because, like, you know, twi- I meant, Twitter, Canucks fans are passionate, right? Yeah. You're going to have views on both sides. But, you know, let, 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 give, let, let's give you, you know, an opportunity here to kind of Explain a little bit more yeah. and deeper. So I'll explain to the people that can't read, right? So what I was trying to say is he is thick, short. He's built like Martin St. Louis. He's like his, like people t- when people talk about Martin St. Louis, they talk about his legs and how big his legs are, right? Yeah. And you can look at P- Petrus Parmu. He is like like people say he's built like a fire hydrant, right? Yeah. And that's how I look at like that's what I was comparing Martin St. Louis and uh, Petrus Parmu. And then you, you if you ever w- uh, listen to his interviews. And you listen, if you ever even listen to Martin St. Louis interviews, they have that attitude. Like, that attitude is like, like, I don't give a fuck attitude where I just like, you know, like, I'm out to prove people wrong. And and pe- people uh, people act like Martin St. Louis was a first overall pick or something. He was undrafted, people. There was a lot of people that passed Different era, up. though. Different era. I know. But a lot of people passed up on Martin St. Louis. No, a lot didn't. of people passed up on Petrus Palmu, too. They didn't. And twice, actually. He yeah, went exactly. undrafted twice, you know? Exactly. No. So... Why is it? Why is it so hard? Like, what's so hard to understand here? Like, he's. I'm not comparing his skill set. Yeah. Because I haven't seen enough of his skill set. But he's produced everywhere he's gone. He he's produced not, in the OHL. Yeah. He produced in the Finnish league. And now you see at training camp and you see it to the youngsters that he is one of the top ten Canucks prospects in my opinion. And I wouldn't be surprised if he is next year too. And then. Let's see what he does in the AHL this year. I know he's got he's got a long, long, long ways to go. But for he's people, a sneaky prospect. For, yeah, exactly. For people that think I th- that he's going to be Martin Th- Saint Louis, you think you think he's gonna be like I think that he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. Honestly, I wouldn't be even surprised if he never even like produced in the AHL, yet alone be Martin Saint Louis. I, I think he'll produce gonna, in the AHL. Yeah. I mean, he he did well he, last year. He got he thirty six points and nine points. Will, should be, be at least a point five. Would you be surprised if he didn't? A tad only because he did so well in the Finnish Elite League, relatively speaking. Like yeah. 36 points in 59 games and p- playing with men, against men. I mean, that's pretty good production for 
what was a 20 year old honestly though people look at him and they look at his size and they say oh he's too small and blah does that i find it hard. like i play hockey and i played ice hockey as a kid as well trying to push off a guy that's lower to the ground like to lower to the ice is tough man it's hard yeah. to knock those guys down did you see how he was against logan stanley in <laughs> yeah. the in the prospects tournament? i love this kid man he's still- i mean we're talking about a guy who's like one foot larger than yeah him. legit and he went after him because Maybe. apparently the guy, Long Stanley, came in and hit him hard. Hit him hard, yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to go after him too. He didn't back off and, at like, all. That's what I love about this kid. He's not scared to on the corners for his size because he knows that his balance is just insane. Like, it is, it is, like, it's really good. His skill set, I never compared his skill set. I never compared his skill set to Martin Staley once. I haven't seen enough of it. Like, I, yeah. like, I, like he produced in the Finnish League. You know, you saw a little bit of that. You saw him in the OHL, and he had like 100-plus points in the OHL as overager. But let's see what he does. I'm excited. But again, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't even like play an NHL game. Yeah. I think he will. I think he I is. put money on it, I would. I would put money on him to yeah, play an I NHL. Think, I think he'll get, he'll get some, he'll get at least for sure, From you know, based on what I've seen so far. But I, I think, you know, we, first of all, you know, as a, as a fan base, it's pretty, pretty cool that we've got um, such a deep prospect pool here where a guy like uh, Petrus Palmu here is, is probably the consensus ranking probably has him between like 10 and 15. And I think that's pretty pretty exciting. Where a guy like this can still be an exciting player to look at, an exciting player to track. Um, and I'm I'm hopeful, of course, as I am hopeful for all our prospects. Uh, I don't think he's gonna uh, have you know a major impact, but at the same time, you see a guy like Yanni Gord, who I think is probably a little bit more of a realistic uh, yeah, no. line that we would like to go to. I just compared to him to Marty just because of his stature. Yeah. And uh, also because he idolized him as a kid growing up he and did. everything. Like, that's yeah. the guy he was looking up to. And I think that's the guy he wants to be. Like, I honestly think that... I think Petros Palmu is aiming for the stars. Of course. I think his work ethic... People say Martin St. Louis' skill set got him to where he was. He went undrafted, people. Yeah. He worked hard at his craft to he become did. the player he was. Yeah. So, I'm not... I'm not saying he will be Martin St. Louis, but if he works hard enough and, hey, and, you know he, what? and if he believes it, nothing that anything is possible. He he might and be able to believe Think optimistically, people. You know, I, I tweeted this out the other day. Fly. Tweeted out the other day I'd rather be optimistic and wrong than to be pessimistic and right. And people were like, Oh, what are you talking about? Right? I'm just like, Do you know who said that? The smartest man on the planet, Elon Musk. So Elon Musk. Oh wow! Okay. One of the smartest people on the planet. All right. So, uh, you know what? He's getting hated. I'm smarter than all you guys. <laughs> well, all right, that's everything for for tonight for for this week. Thank you guys for listening in. Uh, we'd like to give a big thank you to Ryan Beach. Really appreciate him uh, making time for us. And once again, if you guys want to see him, please follow him. Um, you can read his, uh, his articles on uh, CanucksArmy.com. Uh, you can also follow him at The Athletic Vancouver. Uh, we'd also like to thank our sponsor, Four Seasons Disposal. You're listening to SC Podcast. I'm Nam. He's Tanbeer. This is where Canucks Conversation lives.